0: Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? I am Iron Man. I am Loki, of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. How would you do it? Defeat an empire with almost nothing. We had each other. That's how we won. It's the Avengers. The Earth's mightiest heroes. Like Kevin Bacon? He may be on the team. I don't know, I haven't been in a while. Everybody in this room is about that superhero life. Our secrecy is our survival. Our survival is our strength. You got me, man. Ain't no thing. I bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye spoken. All right, folks. Welcome to another edition of Movie Punditry. And, and I'm really excited for this one because we finally got some new content that we, we uh, we're really, really excited for. Um Some MCU stuff. It's Mike, how you doing? Good, man. I am good.
1: Uh Yeah, there's been some new stuff. Some
0: Interesting, which after a bit of a dearth. And I'm pretty sure this isn't the way they want to kick off. We're in phase four now, right? Yes. This isn't how they want to kick off phase four, because if it went down the way they originally planned, we would have got Black Widow last summer, Eternals this fall, and then we would have gotten WandaVision know no, it was supposed to be Falcon Winter Soldier and then WandaVision, right? Correct. So they had to change some things up. Uh, I'm pretty sure all the pieces are going to fit um, once we get this thing going. But I'm excited. Um, but before we get to that, let's, let's tackle some other things that have been in the news. And we'll get to our full review and, and thoughts about WandaVision. Um, DC, Ray Fisher. He's officially out. I don't think this is a surprise. To to, to, you know, to absolutely nobody's surprised. He pretty much. Except did, except maybe Ray Fisher's. Yeah, he talked himself out of his role. Um, I think his screen career, at least in terms of the U.S., may be done. Uh, I don't. I know how we got here. But I think this guy was pretty misguided, and I honestly feel like he was a puppet for Zack Snyder. If you go and look back at some of the things he said, he would he made allegations of of racism and uh, Josh Whedon being unprofessional and a bully on the set. Not once did he. Ever cite specific incidents? Incidents. Correct. Then, one thing I found really surprising was that none of his co stars really came to his defense. One time, Jason Momoa said, You know, I stand with Ray Fisher, but that left it at that. Gal Gadot talked about how she had some issues with Josh Whedon, but they were quickly taken care of. And so, oh, say say okay. Maybe there were some issues with Josh Whedon, but it seemed like whenever there was some stuff going on with Zack Snyder, Ray Fisher had something to say. And I get it. This is the guy that gave you your big break, your first uh, chance in the a film. But there were some other things that was going on with Snyder. Like I remember when a lot of this Snyder, finished Snyder, got stuff popped off he was quoted saying, the film is done. It's finished. It's complete. But then, when we start hearing about the negotiations to further Snyder Cut, now you need more money. Now there need to be reshoots. I really feel like this guy conned Warner Brothers, and now he's getting to finish his film, but you kind of had this young, impressionable actor... That you you were you've been feeding things to, and now he's excuse my language shit out of luck. W- what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think it's the same way, and I, I you know,
1: a couple of things. Is one is he didn't you know he didn't just go after Jaws Whedon. He went after Walt, you know Walter Hamada. He went after after Johns. I mean. Warner's not taking your side on this, buddy. You know they're not they're not tossing Hamada out because some before you know before this unknown actor is making allegations. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And you know, I, I, it's very significant the fact that he got really no backup from anybody else
0: at all, and that it was uncooperative with the investigation at parts, right? I really think that he thought
1: this was going to go another way. And I don't know if you know just because of the, the climate of the country in general and you know the Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement and all the stuff that's going on, he thought that the world would just rally behind him. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen because, because truth matters. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of truth in the things that he's saying. Look, we all know who Joss Whedon is. Yeah. Right? We all know Joss Whedon is not a nice guy. You know, uh, we all know that Joss Whedon has issues with women, um, and you know with the way he writes them. And in on one hand, he does tend he does write strong characters, but you know there's a, he also has issues with how he treats you know, women in his stories, and you know he he had actually written. Um, he had actually written a Wonder Woman script in the mid two thousands, like in two thousand six, which was very different to Patty Jenkins' script. Um, you know, so was was he the best person to bring in on this? You know, to deal with Wonder Woman specifically, probably not. But like you said, you know, they've worked that out. You know, this thing, other than the fact that Joss Whedon is just not a nice dude, you know. There's
0: really doesn't seem to be a whole lot here. Do you know the other thing that bothers me? Wasn't it Zack Snyder who insisted they bring in Joss Whedon? Because I remember reading those reports.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think that's right. And and you know, and that's not to say that Joss Whedon's never going to work again. And if Zack Snyder thought that Joss was going to be a guy who could you know, pick up where he left off and make the best film possible versus somebody else, then he's going to do that regardless of, you know, the way that he tends to treat people or regardless of, you know, whether or not he's, you know, a likable person or not. You know, he's going to do the best thing he can do for for the movie. Um, You know, you and I have discussed this. I think Joss is just kind of burnt out
0: at this point and really maybe shouldn't have done it, but he did do it, so... It's just That's what it is. I feel bad for this guy because I remember when he came out with his oh, allegations. Ray? Yeah, um, young actor, really impressionable. Like you said, the climate. And then at the same time, when this first came out, you had John Boyega protesting in the streets and getting this acclaim and adoration and support. And you can't tell me that that didn't somehow play into this on Ray Fisher's side. Both these guys are from the UK. But what John Boyega was talking about were the things that were going on in the streets. And then he started talking about how he felt his treatment was with Star Wars. And a lot of the stuff that John Boyega said regarded Star Wars was completely valid, were things that black fans of Star Wars had been saying throughout this entire trilogy. And he had... He has a much bigger footprint in, in in the film industry than Ray Fisher already had. John Boyega's still working. John Boyega's still getting scripts. John Boyega's currently filming a, a Netflix movie with Jamie Foxx. He's going to be okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. John, you know, John Boyega is the second lead in three Star Wars movies. Ray Fisher is like number five out of five in a just, in like two DC movies, those
0: things are those two things are not equivalent. Yeah. And the other the thing I'll say with the, our last, so maybe a couple days ago, I saw Ray Fisher, and it was like, oh, I've got more evidence against DC. And it was a clip of him speaking to an investigator, and I'm thinking it's gonna be his bomb channel. It's the investigator basically saying, you know, you're pretty courageous, this could end your career. That's pretty much it. And it's like at some point you got to know when to just quit you 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 have to know when to quit this isn't working in your favor i don't know where he goes from here um hopefully he can resume his career and and right the ship but then that also leads us into excuse my language this thing is a shit show at dc we we talked about wonder woman and now we have reports that we're getting two Batman franchises at the same time with two different actors. And Walter Hamada thinks, and this is loosely paraphrasing, audience are sophisticated enough to handle two Batman films at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what he said. Marvel didn't get to where it is by saying, let's have Tom Cruise play Tony Stark in one film and Robert Downey Jr. and the other, at some point in time, they need to start building off these characters. Even if you don't have a connected universe, you need to build on these characters to make us emotionally invest in them. We're not going to invest in them like with, with this. And, and I know we've already said it, but it's just like this thing continues to get worse and worse as the weeks go on. And as you see when we talk about our WandaVision review, these guys are running full speed ahead in the other company not missing a beat. Uh, I don't. I don't get it.
1: I, well, I think, you know, uh, you you're looking at what has happened, right? And, you know, they didn't. They got a lot of. They got a lot of crap from BVS. They got a lot of crap from Justice League. Um, but in the meantime, you know, like for instance. You know, Joker performed really well and got like crazy critical reviews and awards and all this stuff like this. So there's there's probably a lot of push and pull going on in the company where they're sitting there going, look, we want to do this connected universe, but it's not working out the way that we want it to. You know, we're not, if this is not the MCU. This is not really, really vibing the way that we want it to, but. We think we can make a go of it, and then there's probably other voices going, "Look, these standalone, darker movies are working for us. We need to keep doing that." And so, I guess they're probably trying to just hedge their bets and and do both of these things. I guess maybe, who knows? Just, just
0: do your one-off movies. Just, just that's what I'm it, saying. They're good at it. Just make one-off films. Yeah, you know the MC.
1: I mean, you know the the DCEU stuff's not working for you. And they don't have to be Marvel. No, you want them to make, go make another. Be, be the X Men. You know, where you do a bunch of movies that don't really connect to one another. One. now all. one out of every, every now and, and then you do a movie. Maybe it's got the same people in it. Maybe it's got different people in it.
0: Maybe you put everybody in it. It all works just throw it all in a pot and see what we get. But don't keep trying to sell exactly. me on this DCEU nonsense. Yeah. Um, sticking with Warner, Godzilla gets moved up. I'm not sure the reason why it's going from now from May to March.
1: Yeah. And he, which which was kind of surprising. Um that they moved it up. I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of um talk about this movie. Um, one because you know, obviously, this is going to be part of the you know Warner Brothers' idea that they're going to release all their movies on streaming. And Legendary, who's their producing partner, was not very very happy about it. Um, this this has something to do with, I believe, um, Legendary wanted this. I don't know why, and this is part of their settlement. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what. What legendary's benefit is to it, but um, from what I what I've been reading is that they, uh, you know, this is this is one of the things they wanted if um, if their effects going to be on HBO Max.
0: So, I mean, I'm not I'm not upset. Uh, They had a a sizzle reel of everything that's coming, and they I didn't even know that that Denzel movie was going to be an HBO Max film. Um, Mortal Kombat actually looks good. It's rated R. So for fans of the series, you're going to get your fatalities and all that gore. I'm not particularly a fan of gore, but if you like it, I love it. Whatever makes you happy. Um I'm interested in the Matrix 4, which I'm I'm still surprised that they're going to They're not going to push that back into 2022 and try to get folks in the theaters. Is that solely being produced by them? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Um and Suicide Squad, I I didn't hate the original Suicide Squad the way everybody else did. No, I mean it was it was fine.
1: It wasn't you know, it wasn't amazing and it wasn't um it was terrible. It was it was okay. You know, you have seen one
0: sky beam, you've seen them all. <laughs> so yeah. I like what they're doing. There are a couple of films I think they should hold off on. Everything I've read about Judas and the Black Messiah is that it's excellent and Daniel Kaluuya might be a breakout star after this. And I think he's been submitted for some Oscar nominations. Yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously I haven't seen it and
1: I don't know, know what it is, but you may wind up in a world where, you know, three of the five – Best Actor nominees are Daniel
0: Kaluuya, Chad Bozeman, and Delroy Lindo. So here's my issue about with that. that. What? Here's my issue with that. I really wish they'd have just given a hard line on, look, we're going to, even though it's a really weird year, messed up, we're going to keep our normal, I guess, nomination process, because I guess they extended it, right? Correct. They extended it through the end of, they when they pushed the show back.
1: They extended the uh, the cutoff through the end of February under pressure from studios who, you know, couldn't get so, how to kind of scramble to change their
0: distribution plans in some of these movies. And I wish they didn't do that because I need Delroy Lindo to win, you know, best actor. And so, now he's got competition from probably Daniel Kaluuya and Chadwick. It's like this weird black on black, black versus black actor, which is great. Because I'm pretty sure there's some people saying, about, well, this is what we've always wanted. No, right. I really just need Delroy Lindo to get this one. And we'll see yeah. if Chadwick and Daniel can get next year. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if if if
1: I were voting at this point, I would still give it to Delroy. Having seen Ma Rainey's, having not seen Judas and the Black Messiah, um, you know, Chadwick was... Really great, but I don't think it was the performance of a scope that Delroy Lindo did in The Vibe Bloods. I mean, right. that was that was crazy. It
0: was great, and I'm probably gonna watch it again this weekend. Um, is there anything else that happened before we get into this Wandavision? Um, well, there
1: was there was some. There's been a bunch of news floating around around um the the mandalorian oh cool. um what well one obviously um they had uh they've 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 submitted for um for emmys and there's they're basically submitting everybody um which you know obviously some people had some issues about uh Gina Carano, but um, you know we'll see how that goes. But th- there's there's you know word on the street that you know they've been talking to Robert Downey Jr. about maybe doing something. Um, kind of there's some new rumors floating around this week that they're talking to Lars Mickelson about doing something. Um, and you got to think that they're they're trying to figure out who to cast as Thrawn in an upcoming season. Either either if it's the Mandalorian or it's the Ahsoka series. So let me ask you, who do you think can play Thrawn? I think Lars Mickelson would be a better choice of the two of these. Um, he did the voice for Thrawn in um, in Rebels. So I mean he's obviously down with the character. And here's my here's my problem with with the idea that Robert Downey Jr. is doing this, right? Robert Robert Downey Jr. is he is a very exterior actor. He, he, you know, Robert he he expands to fill the space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like he's as big as the he's like you know he's like a lizard. He's as, he grows to the size of his tank. So, and and he is best when he is allowed to fill a space. Thrawn is a very interior character. Thrawn is very reserved. He's very yeah. quiet. You know, const- he conserves his movement. He conserves what he says. He only uses. He only says what's necessary to be said and nothing more. You know, and I just don't think that's a good fit for him. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is not the kind of actor you can constrain like that, um, which is the primary reason that he left – Gravity. He was originally cast in Gravity in the George Clooney role. Really? That that movie was originally supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. and Natalie Portman. Thank God he didn't do it. And Natalie Portman backed out of it. Um, They cast Sandra Bullock. And they started shooting with Robert Downey Jr. And they had a, a little bit of a shutdown when they were working on the technology after a couple of weeks. And they kind of... Everybody, him and Quorum both kind of agreed the fact that this is not the role for him because him being stuck in a spacesuit and not being able to move, you know, I mean, granted he does that kind of dark room stuff in in, in all the Iron Man movies, but he also gets to be Tony Stark. You know, being constrained by that just wasn't allowing Robert Downey Jr. to do what Robert Downey Jr. does, and so he, you know, and I think having him be Thrawn would be the same thing. You know. Lars Mikkelsen, on the other hand, I think he would be perfect. He looks like Thrawn. Obviously, he sounds like Thrawn. Um, and he's, he, he could pull off that kind of conservative motion, uh, conservation of motion, conservation of voice that I think the character demands. So I would be excited to see if they go with him. So is this John Favreau just trying to throw his buddy a bone?
0: Maybe, I mean, or maybe they have something else. In pl- you know, we don't know what they're planning for season three. Well, here is my thing: if he has a playing Thrawn, it's his John Favreau throwing his buddy a bone. If he does something else, then okay, I am cool with it. But I present to you exhibit A and B: Doctor Doolittle, due date, and Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> anything not, and let's be honest, anything not Iron Man, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's not, either. I don't know why. It just doesn't. You know who was the best part of due date? Zach Galifianakis and Jamie Foxx. And um, I still contend yeah. that Civil War could have used a lot less Iron Man.
1: Yeah, but, but on the other hand, like, I would come back at you with. Chaplin or um Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or even Tropic Thunder. I mean, the man can perform. How many how many how many years ago were those films? Okay, that's that's fair. I mean Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was two thousand and five. Let's see, Tropic Thunder, what was that? Or it was two thousand and eight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's fair. Look, maybe the man can come back as A.I. and Riri Williams. Well, supposedly he is, so. Also, I hope this is true, because this makes me happy, that the rightful face of the MCU is supposedly making a return. The best of all the is Chris Evan, supposed to be coming back as Captain America, in a Robert Downey Jr. S. type role where he won't be a starring role, but he'll be a co-starring role and take up a lot of the screen time that he probably doesn't deserve. But in reality, does deserve it because Robert Downey Jr. stole it from him. I'm excited. I'm happy. And if you're telling me that I'm going to get secret invasion cap in post-Trump America, woo! that's going to be exciting. To see this man run around talking about he's been with Hydra the whole time. And even if you don't give me that, I'm just excited to have Captain America back. What do you think? Um, I
1: think it's gonna depend on how they do it. Um because here's here's what I don't want it to do. I don't want it to be like some cameo in Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of thing.
0: You I know, I, what's that? I'll take it however we get it. If that's what he get Ooh. I mean, you you don't
1: think that takes away from what they're doing on the like it's that at that point it almost sounds like stun casting to me. So here's the thing. I, you know, you what you think that, that Sam and Bucky can't carry a
0: show, you gotta bring you gotta bring Cap in? It depends where we're going because the way Secret Invasion started, Cap was feeding Sam, like putting doubt in his head that maybe you shouldn't have this shield. Like so in Discord, and if that's what we get, if you give me a, a a bad version, the Hydra version of Captain America, I'll take it. I'll take it every day of the week.
1: Right, but they've kind of they've kind of already blown the Secret Invasion storyline out of the water
0: by having the Skrulls be good guys. No, 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 not that. Okay, so I'm talking about the other Secret Invasion where Cap was a um. Remember when they they retconned it, where the Red Skull had gotten the Cosmic Cube, went back, made Captain America a Hydra age. Remember that couple years ago when everybody lost their minds, and it was like, how could you make right. a Nazi that secret of age? Right. Okay. Yeah, like if we get that one, cool. I'll take it. But either way, I'm just happy to have Chris Evans back. Also, Knives Out. Snowpiercer. It seems like everything's working out for him outside of the MCU. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's, you know, he's a he's a good actor, yeah. Okay. We ready for this WandaVision thing? Hit it. All right. Let's start off with how we got here. The last time we see Vision is at the end of Infinity War and he's getting was it the soul? Soul stone? No, it's the mindstone. He's getting the mind stone ripped out of his head. We never see what happens to his body. We don't know if they try to fix it. It's just it. The last time we see Wanda, they are at Tony Stark's funeral and she's talking to Hawkeye on the dock. Am I correct? That's it? Yes. So this thing starts off. They are newly married and heading into was it West Westview? Yes, uh, nice suburban community which looks to be about would you say the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, nineteen fifties. Okay, fifty, yeah, fifty, late fifties into the sixties kind of thing. All right, um, I am picking up a Stepford Wives type vibe here. What about you? Well, I think it's it's. I'm picking up like
1: a House of M kind of vibe here.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with you,
1: um, and and it's 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 it seems fairly obvious that from what we've seen that there, especially towards the end of the second episode, that there is the outside world is trying to break in into whatever this is. Yes, um, we just haven't seen what it is yet. Like, is this something that Wanda is completely making up in her mind? Is this something that she's somehow being controlled into making up in her mind? Is this something that the Mind Stone is doing to her? Because don't forget, in this version of Wanda Maximoff, her powers come from the Mind Stone. Yeah. Or at least her powers are enhanced by the Mind Stone. You know, due to the experiments that Stricker was doing. So... They You know, this is this is not this is not the comic book Wanda Maximoff that was raised a mutant on a mountain by a sentient cow.
0: So And yes, that is that is her comic biography. (laughs) They move into this house. They are having trouble remembering what's so important about the twenty third. Um they cannot remember the date that they got married or what they were doing before they came to Westview. And they're just seem like they're trying to live normal lives and every now and then something strange happens like there was one instance where uh you can hear someone say wanda who's doing this to you and it sounds like and i cannot remember his name well i think it was the the fbi agent from ant-man randall park's character yeah yeah it sounds like it's him asking that question yeah it did sound like him um at the end of the episode, there's somebody watching whatever's going on, wherever it's going on, right? On a on a monitor, and they're controlling. on a monitor. And there's a and there's
1: a sword logo there.
0: Yeah, and the technology doesn't look to be the most advanced, or at least up to date. Correct. Uh, would you want? Can you give some people the background on who Sword is? S.W.O.R.D. is, and the,
1: the acronyms change depending on which version of the comics that you're looking at, or, and supposedly there's a new version of it in MCU. But basically what S.W.O.R.D. is, is S.W.O.R.D. is a division of S.H.I.E.L.D. that specifically focuses on extraterrestrial intelligence um, and, like, gathering information on extraterrestrials in a nutshell. What what makes and, more- and what kind of oh, threats? It's not not so much on like military threats like, you know, an invading army coming, but more like, you know, intelligence threats like you know,
0: hacking or subversion or or things along those lines. So the new version it stands for sentient world observation and response department and they're tasked as a space based organization for monitoring threats from outside the earth. That is important because Monica Rambeau is a is a member of SWORD. And Correct. Met her mother in Captain Marvel. Correct.
1: And a couple of things there. One is that Monica Rambeau is in this. You know that uh, I think the the woman named Genevieve or whatever yeah. her name was the, in the second episode. That's Monica Rambeau. And also, if you remember, at the end of the latest Spider-Man movie, where's Nick Fury? He's on a space station. You know, so I don't know if they're going to
0: tie all that in together. One thing I do like about this is, have you noticed the clarity of the picture fluctuates between the first two episodes? Yes. So I'm going to assume as the decades pass in this show, then, and then the, the screen size is different too.
1: Yeah, it's well, it's it's like four three, you know. Especially the orig- the first, the black and white one is very much like a shrunken kind of you know, like nineteen fifties TV would be, you know. And and the second episode is kind of more like a late sixties, early seventies kind of vibe to
0: it. The other thing I was thinking about too is after Endgame is um. Thunderbolt Walls probably pursuing these charges against Cap's secret Avengers team, or do you think it's like you know what? Forget it. You guys saved the Earth. We're all we're all good. I would think they'd be good. He is a jerk. I can't really see uh, a lot of charges sticking at that point. What do you make of the commercials? I didn't put too much stock into the Howard Stark one with the toaster, but the Strucker and the watch one. I feel well, like
1: the I- Strucker watches, you know, but, but again, like, you know, think about like, you know, thinking about that, you know, the story that, that Wander and Peter told in, in Endgame, in Eltron, you know, how the bomb came through and it was just laying on the floor and they could just see the word Stark on it, you know? So they, they sat in the room for three days oh, waiting for yeah. Tony Stark to kill him, you know? So to see a toaster with a Stark logo on it, that, I don't, I don't think that's insignificant.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and know, at least,
1: as, at least as far as her mentality goes, you know. And the Strucker watch with the Hydra logo on it, obviously that's a big deal. And and, and the truck, the pick, the little toy truck she had had a had a sword logo on it, and, and I, you notice that it was
0: also Iron Man's colors. And that's all. It was Iron Man's colors. The other thing was. When the tree was shaking the house in that first episode, I'm like, okay, is this the outside world trying to get in? Right. And then when the beekeeper came out of the the sewer at the end, and she just said, no, that's when I that really gave me the the House of M vibes when exactly she just said certain things would happen. And then the beekeeper made me think of, okay, is what was the organization? Was it Hive, right? Maybe oh aim yeah. aim aim has the B key for. aim it would be aim yeah yeah um you know what this feels like to me which one was it it feels like Age of Ultron where it's laying a lot of groundwork for everything going forward yeah I
1: think so uh, absolutely and and you know there's there's speculation that you know like her neighbor um you know maybe somebody. Other than they're portraying her to be that the the woman who was like the, there, the neighbor who's always there, yeah, is is actually you know there's another character I forget what her name is like Agatha or something like that who's who's also a witch, um, but also the the character who is like the the blonde lady who's like the social queen or whatever, yeah you know the head of everything like she may be some you know like everybody may be somebody else just like like Genevieve is is Monica you know like everybody may be somebody else and this is part of either her reality breaking down or her pushing the world away um so the uh like the the, the professional reviewers and stuff like that and, and the, the you know the outlets that got screeners for this got three they all got the first three episodes yeah i heard that and and i've read and watched a couple of reviews uh where people were saying like this starts to make sense by the end of the third episode like you you need to hang on to the third episode before you start to get context for everything that's happening
0: i haven't seen many complaints but i can see some people sitting back going what the heck are we watching um, but I made a mention. Yeah, story. I mean,
1: I I I watched, I read some article today that said basically the, the WandaVision is the worst thing in the MCU, which I don't buy that.
0: No, not at all. And I think they've built up enough goodwill where they can just go out and do what they want. And, it, and I know it's going to come together in the end. But I've enjoyed what I've seen. But that was Because I had Nick at night. I saw Dick Van Dyke. I saw I Love Lucy. And I liked. You know these callbacks to these old shows. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of fun. it's you know it's a lot of fun for them taking, you know these these tropes. Um, and hopefully you know doing something with them. I mean, obviously that second episode was kind of, you know, uh, a, a tribute to Bewitched. Um, kind of thing, but you'll notice like. You know, the one thing I noticed is like the, like when, when the screen closes down at the end of the episode, it's a hexagon. Uh, I didn't right? look that. And, you know, the, and like the bewitched, like the logo at the beginning of the second episode was six stars. So, you know, I don't know if that's like supposed to represent the infinity stones. Um, you know and then the, and then there's like the comment about like um you know my husband's indestructible head, yes, but that's what was damaged on vision,
0: yeah, you know, so you know what I need to rewatch to see if that that if the mind soul is still in his head or it's something else because I have this this really sneaking suspicion that he got rebuilt, right. And I would hope he did, just because Paul Bettany's such a great actor, and I want him in the MCU going forward. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so on this, we still haven't come up with our movie Punisher you rating. We'll go with the one to five. Where do you have this thing? Two episodes in. Um, I don't know. Probably, probably about a four, maybe. I think so. I'm enjoying it. It's different. And I think it's a breath of fresh air. Like, we don't always need to see somebody getting blown up or a shield being thrown to enjoy MCU. Like, not every comic book is about fighting all the time. Like you can, you can move the story along without without violence every once in a while. Ab- absolutely. Like, you could do character stuff. Exactly. And I think they were due for some stuff like that. That's why I'm also really looking forward to Eternals. Because from everything Feige said, like, look, we're going to take chances... And I hope this whole this whole phase is about doing new things, taking this this MCU in in different directions and giving something for everybody, you know, not just kids and people like us who grew up with the comics. You know, you have so many different characters, so many different ways to explore things. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, so am I. And I, I think, you know, I think they're going in a good good direction. I think that, um, you know, they've got some exciting stuff coming up. And, you know, if they can stick the landing with this, if they can, you know, pull off Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if Black Widow is good, um, which it looks to be fine, yeah, um, then I think, you know, I think they're going to be in good shape moving forward to figure out what it is. You know, and then, you know, with all the other stuff that they're doing with Ten Rings Ternals, and Churnels and Changshi and all this stuff, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um you know, and then plus you you've obviously got the the other movies coming up. You've got, you know, Multiverse of Madness and you've got you got you've got Love and Thunder and you've got um you know the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and, and which is back filming from what I understand, they're they're in Australia or New Zealand or something like that. Um, so that's back
0: in production. Looks like it's going to be a good phase. And then you got a bunch of unannounced things. Blade. It's in good hands. I'm like that other company that I yeah, love. Yeah, and
1: I think I think you know I think Mahershala Ali is a good choice for that. Yeah. He certainly looks the part. You see those
0: pictures. Yeah. They're they're gonna be just fine over there. Um anything you wanna touch on before we? Um have you have you been watching anything yet or have you seen any? I finished next. Um I'm upset that it it's canceled, right? It's done. Yeah, it looks like it's done. And oh uh, I have been watching uh the third season of Justice League. I mean uh Young Justice. And it's phenomenal. I just don't understand how they can't pull the same character development off in the movies. I get it; it's you have twenty something episodes to tell a story, but I know those guys, and I, I know it sounds like I'm harping on DC, but like that thing is good. A, a cartoon series sometimes it has no business being as good as it is, and I've really like my fandom. I'm a Dick Grayson fan, um, and to see him pretty much be the center of this show and take his rightful place As like uh, just a weird heir to batman but still be himself it's phenomenal um so that's where i've been at and then uh transformers on netflix the i think this one is like their Earthbound now they left cybertron uh, what have you been watching
1: So, uh, so, like, as you know, because we've talked about this, like, I like to keep um, a list of movies that I watch for the first time. Um, so, I was just kind of going through, like, last year's list. I watched 42 new movies, which is pretty good based on the fact that there's really nothing out. But and a lot of them were garbage. I will say that. You know, direct-to-Netflix kind of stuff. Um, starting with uh, Angel Has fallen all the way down to Wonder Woman. Wow. Um, I'm three movies in this year. Uh, so far, um, I watched. There's uh, I think it's is it on Netflix or it's on Prime. Uh, Inside Man, Most Wanted. Have you seen any of this? Have you no. seen it like floating up on your queue anywhere? So. This is this is a sequel to Spike Lee's Inside Man, Um, and it's not good, (laughs) but but it's entertaining if that makes sense. (laughs) Like it's a watcher, but not don't don't expect a lot from it. Um, It follows a lot of beats from the first movie, Um, and there's a reason for that, which you kind of get into. But it's definitely a downgrade in cast um, all along. And then, um, and then I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is very good. Um, there's almost nothing wrong with it. It's a quick watch. You know, it's only in, it's 94 minutes. It's very short. It's 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 done almost. I mean, it's based on a play. Um, and August Wilson. August Wilson. You know, it's another of his plays, like like Fences. Um, and it's but it it feels like a play, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, whereas like Fences f- feels like a movie, this feels like a play.
0: On a um, side note, I want, and, and I'm, gonna actually, I,
1: I'm actually, I'm actually going to split it up a little bit. If I have if I have one quibble with it, it's that it seems that Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis are in different projects. Hmm, because shh. She seems like she's in a movie and he feels like he's in a play and neither one of those things is bad. It's just it's a little disjointed in the middle.
0: I rewatched. I had to do a paper for school and I, I yo, chose Fences. Um, so I probably watched it four times in a week. Denzel right. got Oscar for that. Yeah. I don't care what he was up against that year. He pulls it off. And... A, Especially as a dad now, he d- he directed that right. Yeah, he did. Man, like there are some some themes there, and even for, like for everybody for moms, it is a fantastic movie. Fantastic. Is there are there any particular series that you you watching right now? Um, I just want to finish. I also watched oh. Lockdown. Okay, that was good. With-
1: which was really good. I, I mean, it wasn't great, but 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 Anne Hathaway and Shriwatalaju for and especially Anne Hathaway were amazing in it. So here's the thing: like I
0: I completely bought everything about their characters. My wife hates movies with a lot of dialogue. Hates right, them. absolutely hates them. She sat down and watched the whole thing with me and thought it was really good. I I loved like you said, I loved everything about it, and it. You know, it's weird. It's one of those films where, like, I don't need to say it was great. It was really, really good. Yeah. I I, I I, love a good heist film.
1: This is an okay heist film. But in terms of it, it's like a combination heist film kind of rom-com with
0: these two. Like, that part of the movie I thought was really great. And that's what I didn't need it to be a heist film. Right. As I saw where it was going with just their relationship, it, it, it didn't have to turn into a heist film. And I still would have liked it. It was really, really good.
1: Yeah. Um. So as far as series, I don't think I really start like I started to watch Pandora. Um, but I'm only like like one episode into that. That just came to Prime over to Prime from the CW. Um, I think that's really it. You know, next is obviously over. So,
0: oh well, we've got one night in Miami next on deck for review. Right, I haven't seen. Yeah, it I Got to watch yet. that. Um, I'm all, I haven't either. I'm gonna try to watch that by myself on a day off. I'm just I'm just kind of
1: wondering what
0: Jim Brown is doing in that
1: group. Wanting to go party? <laughs> I get that. But if you look at like
0: these characters, it's like and Jim Brown, really? <laughs> well, they ended up having that summit come out of that, so ah, uh, I don't know. I've I've got some thoughts on Jim Brown. I started reading into him a few years back, and I'll be able to throw some of that stuff in there. Okay, Is, it's you know what—that's what, what I'm saying. Like Jim Brown's a problematic. Yeah, you know? somebody I was listening to Mike Jones one day, and and he was talking about how we start finding out things about people we look up to and care about, and you kind of got to decide what point does the fandom stop. And he said for him, it was when his dad was like, you know, James Brown beats his women. And he was just like, ooh, I don't feel so good listening to this music anymore. And then I started reading stuff. And I and I, I love football. My favorite position is the running back. Then I started reading some stuff about my favorite running backs. And it's like, ooh, I get this whole Hall of Fame thing has everything to do with what you do on the field. But maybe in some instances, we should consider what you do off the field. So yeah,
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, I, and I, and I get that, and it's it's really it's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge in sports, and it's a challenge in the arts. You know, it's like do you look at, you know, like like an actor who you really appreciated some of their performance, like Kevin Spacey. I loved Kevin Spacey, and then you find out who Kevin Spacey is. Yeah, and it's like, oh, so does that mean that I? don't like him anymore in you know the usual suspects or in margin call or in you know half a dozen other things that he's actually really good in you know can i set that aside i mean i could see going forward and not putting him in new projects but does that undo the yeah, work yeah. That he's done does the work is the work that he's done tainted by the person that he is um i think r Kelly's the one we can all agree on is like nah you